why he cursed me to be a straight white man. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rebuilding Podcast. I'm Missy Spears. I'm a community activist from Covington, Kentucky, and a pain in the ass for the Kentucky Democratic Party. (laughs) That is true, Missy. And I'm Crimson. I am the chair of Campbell County Democrats, which is a small little county party here in this red state of Kentucky. And then I also do activist work and I'm all over the place. And you have joined us for our Rebuilding Podcast, which is... Basically, a podcast that come from our minds of a strategist and satirist. And we're going to discuss hot topics ranging from politics to pop culture from the perspective of two progressives living in Kentucky. You're my boy, Blue! So thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our second episode. Uh, today, we are here to talk about crazy-ass white people. You treat me like a black person! So as everyone already knows, uh, this month has been, 2021 has been insane so far. Uh, January 6th, we had an insurrection at the Capitol. The first of its kind since 1812, which is crazy. Uh, Yeah, we're sure everyone saw that on TV. Um, That was, that was insane. There's still a lot of fallout from it. I, I can't wait to hear what comes out of those, uh, the, the Republican Congress people that were given tours. The lady from uh, Colorado that got called out by one of her, um, Republican colleagues. Oh, we have years of information that is going to come down the pipe from this. And I mean, I think it's going to rain information for years and we're going to get more disgusted as we go. Yeah, that (laughs) was crazy. (laughs) I did love, though, that um, I like that the guy that turned her in uh, asked for John Yarmouth to verify everything. And Yarmouth was like, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's insane, and I love I love hearing who would have saw this coming. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best part. So, for yeah. people that are new, we are in Kentucky, as we've said, and I think for any Kentuckian, um, we saw this building, and we aren't like a purple state where there's some big like divide between how many republicans and democrats we have i mean we are a red state but what we've seen locally was just like precursors to what we saw in the insurrection for sure so i I was not shocked i mean i was shocked in the way all of us should have been shocked which is the u.s capital was invaded um but how we got there is not shocking in any way yeah, to be completely honest, I feel like the most shocking thing about January 6th is that only uh, five people died. Oh, agreed. And I mean, everyone has said it, and we'll, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you agree with me, Missy, but had those people been black, it, there would have been body bags that were beyond countable. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and black people but- had an actual reason to protest. <laughs> this is some fucking made up yeah. tooth fairy bullshit. I mean, to go back to our first episode of me not knowing what Amy McGrath's policies are, I don't know what the fuck these people's policies are either. <laughs> like, these are the people we were trying to capture as the Democratic Party to win the Senate. Um, the ones flying the fucking Confederate flag, which don't even get me started on the history of the Confederate flag. But Oh my god. Talk about a partition pasted trophy for losers. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so the Confederacy like started, I don't remember like all of the flags and I didn't like do research for this episode. So I'm sorry if my history is a little off, but basically the Confederacy was like, well, we're still the United States, but we're not the United States. So they made like big stripes. I think there were three like red, white and red again. And then it had like the little blue box and then just stars for the States and the Confederacy. But on the battlefield, you know, in the 1800s, people couldn't tell who was who. So they're like, fuck, we need a better flag. So then they just stripped all the color out of it. And then it was like a white flag with like the stars and the blue square. But then that looked like a surrender flag. So that fucked them over too. So keep in mind, (laughs) these people are too fucking stupid to make a flag, but they think they're going to make an independent government. So then they switched to a flag that was like mostly white with a blue box. And then they went with like a vertical red stripe down the edge of it. 
and that was kind of like the flag for a while and keep in mind the civil war was less than a year it's not like it was like this great long period of history for us and so um the the confederate flag as we know it today is because general lee who's one of the only generals who won any battles in the confederacy came up with the stars and stripes being like the being the x you know and the actual confederate flag as we know it and so um it was like in one battle and it was a battle flag and then disappeared and then here comes the kkk and they're like we need a flag and so they went with general lee's confederacy flag so the people that hold it with such pride that they represented, you know, their, their great grandfathers fought with that flag over their head. No, they <laughs> fucking didn't. They couldn't decide what flags they kept designing shitty ones. So anyhow, that's your lesson of the day. I wish that one of my great, great, great grandparents had a failure so huge in my life that I have to carry a flag around for it a hundred years later. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like with all of this stuff, it's like, the the world war too like we killed nazis and now we're supposed to just accept them i mean all of it is just it's it's insane but anyways back to kentucky so like i was saying for us in kentucky i mean how many things have happened in the last year with having a democratic governor showed us the hate and vile nature of the trump movement right Oh my God, so much. Yeah, the invasion at the Capitol really restarted a lot, a lot of conversations in Kentucky regarding guns, uh, militias, protesting. Um, you, we're one of the few states that allow guns inside of our Capitol. Inside of all of our government buildings. So you can seriously yeah. lock and load and go to city council meetings. It's it's insane. Um, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of arguments on Facebook for people that refuse to believe this about Kentucky. But yeah, there were people with automatic weapons in the rotunda last year. Yeah, and, and holding them like fucking Al Qaeda. It was insane. With their Gucci Absolutely belts. Absolutely insane. <laughs> it's with their Gucci belts. I will never forget that guy with his Gucci belt. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Well, I mean, how could yeah. you? Like, we all I mean, had how no much problem more wearing masks last year. <laughs> That is so true. I mean, they were all masked last year. They're like, no, there's a pandemic. Let's unmask ourselves and let everyone know what assholes we are. Which, like I said in our last episode, like, hoods off. We know who's who now, right? Yeah. And we've had an election, you know, since guns have been... I, what year did they pass it? Like, 2015? I remember what year um, they passed allowing guns and public buildings but it's been a while and kentucky has a history with right-wing militias i mean that's known but now we're in like this really weird place given the insurrection because you know we know legislators we know people that work in frankfurt and i can't even imagine the fear that they face on a day-to-day -day level in that like you see a dude coming at you in camo and a gucci fanny pack and and an ar-15 and are they the good guys or the bad guys? Yeah. How do we know the difference anymore between good and bad? And then if you want to go even another layer deeper, I mean, we know that this insurrection was guided by a lot of people within the Capitol Police and the National Guard. And so how do you trust them even once you know that they are law enforcement? Like, we have a major issue on our hands. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did see yesterday the uh, – so we were recording this on the day of the inauguration. Uh, yesterday, Nancy Pelosi came out with her all-female Secret Service agents, which is bomb. Because I don't know how anyone can yeah. trust a white man next to them right now. Yeah, and a lot of these people, or so I've heard, I mean, this is not fact, this is rumor, um, are Iraq war vets, too. And so they are skilled soldiers. I mean, it's 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 scary shit. And it totally makes sense if you come back from Iraq or war that you would sign up for these types of jobs, and this is where you would end up. And, um, I mean, we've seen radicalization among so many. Why would it be immune in the military? Yeah. So we have major issues here in Kentucky, and we have people that egg it on without any shame. And we have Savannah Maddox. I believe in and her whole like little gang of people that just are stoking the flames of hate. I mean, the governor's effigy was hung from his side yard. I mean, that that's where we're at in Kentucky. And so, again, the insurrection was not shocking when you see these moments leading up to it. Oh, absolutely. It. it just felt like something that happened in Kentucky six months ago. 
it's terrifying. You know, they're hanging them from trees. They're standing there with rifles, uh, walking up to his house, yelling at him to come out. There was no fucking National Guardsmen at that time. That was terrifying. It was horrible. So many. We get more crazy elected officials every two years. For people that not knowing, we have an outline. One of the things that we want to talk about is, you know, how did we end up with all these elected officials that buy into these conspiracy theories and i think when we first started talking about this i thought of it at the state level and i thought well are we just selecting conspiracy theorists right that whole like reemboldening your own thoughts and staying in your own bubble but i mean we have people now in the u.s congress that also are perpetuating these lies these conspiracy theorists that i mean and, and, and there's been a lot of talk about, I don't even know her name, and I don't want to fucking know her name, but there's some congresswoman who owns, like, a shooter's bar or something, and I guess she, like, had a kid in high school and never got her high school diploma, but got her GED to run, and people were like, well, don't bash someone for their education, and it's like, on her resume, the education's the least horrifying thing, right? Like, oh, I the mean, Kentucky rep. Like, or, sorry, the Colorado rep. Yes, that's who it is, Colorado. I was about to say, it's like one of those states that you would think is blue, but isn't really that Yeah, blue. I don't know her name either. She looks like the poor man Sarah Palin. Yes, like the new Sarah Palin, but younger. Totally. And it's it's horrifying, but she sits in that congressional hall. Like, for people like me that have worked their whole lives in hopes to, I mean, I don't think I want to run for office, but to get someone into that office and maybe work for them once they're there. Um, I can't even imagine the enormous pressure you would feel in terms of like the shoulders you stand on when you walk in there and that bitch is walking in with like a loaded gun. Like, fuck you bitches. I do what I want. Like honey boo boo is fucking overtaking our capital. Yeah. I can't wait to see what comes down with the, uh, the investigation into the tours that she did. Um, also she was one of the, uh, the, the see you next Tuesdays that were in that lockdown room refusing to wear a mask where a bunch of people came up positive. Yep. Yep. So screw her. And, uh, and we have our little own version here with Savannah Maddox Maddox. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this whole generation or class, I should say that we brought in, in 2020, 2018 are little Trumpers. Yeah. Yeah. And it all starts, uh, it starts at the middle, you know, we have a giant, I feel like we have a, we have a vast difference of, uh, different conspiracy levels of Republicans throughout Kentucky. You know, we got our Jason Nemez all the way up to the Savannah Maddox. Um, but yep. as long as the Jason Nemez tolerate Savannah's and stand up for them and protect them, um, you know, they're, she's only going to be able to get worse. That is such a really good point because I feel this way about Christianity a lot and that I'm an atheist. I can't save you Christians, but your um, religion's being taken over by a cult and you got to save it. Um, The Republican Party's kind of in that boat, too. I mean, Mitt Romney alone cannot stomp out Trumpism. Like, he needs the backbone of the Republican Party to end the madness. Absolutely. And yeah, when you're empowered as a moderate, you have to kind of tamp down the extremist which is interesting given our last episode was about the more progressive wing of our party but to be clear we're talking about the difference between authoritarianism and like giving everyone health care so um <laughs> fuck you for your free college it's like do you want unicorns and rainbows or do you want to go to fucking hell um so i don't mean to like draw that parallel but there is a level of obligation of not remaining silent yeah. and keeping your, your party in and check. And it's the only way that it works. I'm a queer female. Um, you know, gay rights didn't happen because gay people yelled at straight people for so many years. Gay rights happened because straight people started calling out other straight people. Like, me going up to someone that's homophobic and saying, I should be able to marry, doesn't mean shit. But when they walk down the street and say something homophobic to their neighbor, and they're like, hey, dude, you know, my my daughter's gay. Like, that shuts them the fuck up. It's like racism. Only white people can fix racism. You know, it's it's our fucking problem. We created it. 
Well, and you're right. And actually, this is going to be like political science nerdy um, to go into. But uh, when I was leaving graduate school, they were hiring and um, you got to watch people like present their research or whatever. And this guy from Harvard came in and he was presenting his research, you know, fresh graduate school graduate. And um, he had done research that really actually proved exactly what you said, which was every large piece of momentum or progress or anything was really led by white men and it 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 and and he himself was a black man that was presenting this data and um you know it really emboldened at least for me because i was like 26 or something at the time the responsibility that privilege gives you right yes. like you can't look at the minority and expect them to have the power to overcome the majority that the minority is looking to us to raise their voices and to represent them and to fight for them. And to your point, start calling our friends on their shit. That's the only way that it works is that you just, and you can do it politely. You just let people know that it's not cool over and over and right. over again. And everyone has to do it. And when you don't do it for four years, we get to this fucking point where we have insurrectionists at the fucking Capitol. Right. And, and it's all egged on by all of these little mini Trumpers. And, and really, I mean, for me, and, 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 and this is the liberal elitism that is, is bound to, you know, follow me for my entire life, I'm sure. But it goes back to, you know, the, the woman we were talking about, the shooters bar and grill or whatever. Everyone should have the opportunity to serve their country in some capacity. And if that's through Congress or whatever, that, I think that's acceptable if you get the votes, but there's also a level of education needed yeah. and, um, and, and an understanding and appreciate if you don't know your past, how can you appreciate it? I, I feel that way with my family. Like, I don't know a lot about where I come from or my family. Like I know my granddad was native American. I know just like random little things, but I really sometimes wish I had that historic knowledge of, my family and their past and their history and where we come from, because I don't know how as a country we move forward without looking at our past. Because again, everyone that's like, this is not America. This is America. No, this is America. Yeah, America um, yeah. I mean, and the real America is the black lives matter movement. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, what we saw on January 6th is not America. Hell no. That is not patriotic dissent. If you give a shit about freedom, you should have spoken up over Black Lives Matter. You should have spoken up when gay people couldn't adopt. You should have spoken up when I couldn't get married. Like, there are a million places that freedom has been chipped away for people over the years. But, you know, Trump gets kicked off fucking Twitter and we have to freak the fuck out. Right. I mean, it's like the end of the world. Like, how dare someone do this and and just again and i think this is where liberal elitism kicks <laughs> in people are going to judge me for it but at the end of the day this is part of the reason knowing our history matters the u.s constitution does not in any way control private sector businesses from regulating themselves and the people that use them period right and there's nothing to protect you from the consequences of your stupid shit yeah. you put on the internet. I mean, I put stupid shit on the internet all the time and I pay the consequence of it. It's just the way it is. That is nobody knows like, what I found amendment means. They all think it means like they have the ability to say whatever they want, wherever they want to say it free of consequence. And it literally just says the government can't lock you up. Right. That's all it says. And it says you can't do that, but the Supreme Court, it's emboldened it in the point of... Unless you say something really fucking scary that can mm -hmm. incite harm, which is exactly what we yeah. saw on the day of the insurrection. You can't yell fire in a theater. You can't create defamation against someone. Like, the First Amendment is not the end-all be-all for everyone, just like the Second Amendment is not. But, you know, conservatives have their own outlook on the Constitution and who it applies to. It's like um, cafeteria Catholics. It's like cafeteria conservatives. Yeah. Like they pick and choose which which things they they want to bitch about. Like you, I, you know, I hate the comparison of like making a cake for a gay couple and getting kicked off Twitter. Those are two <laughs> totally different. Like I don't even understand the comparison. If you're saying something on Twitter that you're like inciting violence, like it's actually because of your words. 
if someone doesn't want to make a cake for me, I doubt it's because I'm writing like, I want to lick vaginas on the cake. It's just because I'm gay when I pick <laughs> it up, they don't want to sell it to me. Like it has nothing to do with the, you know, like wedding cakes are just like stupid fucking cakes with like fondant <laughs> and flowers, you know, like, like I'm not writing like cocks or God, you know, on the cake. Exactly. Exactly. It's not even comparable. It's absurd. And so where we found ourselves is basically to your point, you know, we had to start holding people accountable. We, it, it, it's been extremely disappointing. And, and this is going to be from a truly Kentucky perspective because I know national news has been all over it, but nobody's even talking about it in Kentucky. I mean, I stalk like, so since I'm chair of the Campbell County Dems, I stalk the um, Campbell County Republicans. They're not even talking about it. Like, it's like it didn't even happen. And there's no local news outlets that have the balls to talk about it. So here I'm in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. We have a publication, Fort Thomas Matters. I haven't seen anything about it there. I haven't seen anything about it from the River City News. Um I myself released a statement on behalf of the executive committee for Campbell County. Um, I submitted it to all of our publications. None of them would accept releasing our press release. Um, the KDP made a very strong statement against it. Yeah. Yeah. I was really proud of our new chair, but nobody really covered it. It was like, it happened in the world, but nobody locally wanted to cover it. And yeah. maybe it's an innocent thing of like, well, it's being so covered. Why at the local level would we cover it? But my argument would be is at the local level, locals went to it. Like I've been reporting people. Yeah. If you're friends with me or you or have a friend that's friends with me, they are sending me your pictures and I am submitting them to the FBI and I will continue to do some because I'm a fucking patriot. You just try to overthrow the U S government. I've been very impressed though by right. statewide coverage. Uh, Courier Journal, Herald Leader, like they've they've all talked about it the way that it needs to be spoken about. They have they have not watered it down. They have used very direct language about what it was. Um, they're not calling it like protesters. They're calling it like fucking white supremacists, and that that's what happened. Well, and that's what it is. Yes, it is white. Were there any black? Pe I think there's like five black people yeah, there. No, there are definitely people of color, but that doesn't mean shit. Like I know gay people who no. did not believe in same sex marriage because their entire lives they were told that they were not good enough. No, I, I absolutely agree. I saw that a lot. I mean, to your point with the gay rights movement, it was amazing how many of my gay friends like just were like, "Well, I mean." If we got if we got like some kind of legal status, I'm cool with that. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. It's about equality and they just didn't have it in them. And I think the same I mean, you know, I'm a perfect example of a white suburban mom. Um, until I I mean, honestly, I guess with all of the issues I've worked on, so as an activist, I was a huge anti-war activist. I spent most of my 20s in that in that bubble. Um, but that pivoted when Obama got elected, and I felt like the government was kind of trying to end that. Um, I went to healthcare and equality. On all of those issues, the common denominator was white people, you know? Yes. And... Um, and, and that's here in Northern Kentucky and, and Cincinnati. I did most of my activism work in Cincinnati. Um, but even with Moms Demand Action in Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati, is a lot of white people. And so as I've gotten more in the depths of like grassroots organization here in Kentucky, I've surrounded myself by some of the most amazing humans in the world. And most of them are black women. But at the end of the day, what we saw in the Capitol was white supremacy trying to take over the government. Yeah, period. it was white supremacy. Everything about, I can't think of anything about it yes. that didn't represent white supremacy. That is exactly what it is. And I don't, I don't know how you feel Crimson, but I, I think that I'm, I feel very pleased with how Kentucky Democrats have responded to this. You know, I, I feel like our state yes. reps came out very strongly on this. You guys do not follow Josie Raymond. Uh, she is amazing. She has been posting a lot about this. Um, she posted about the about the planned attack on the Wisconsin Capitol. I think it was like the day before January 6th. So yep. she has been all over this. Uh, she is fantastic. Uh, please follow her. She's an Emerge alumni. But also like John Yermuth, he's uh, been very fantastic with calling people out. Andy Bashir as as normal, is fantastic talking about uh, you know issues with race. 
Who else have you noticed? You know, honestly, everyone. I feel like, at least from the Democratic yeah. side, it's it's almost like, I don't know if it's a true Martin Luther King quote. I know that yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, and there was a lot of, um, or Monday, well, there was a lot of shaming of using his quotes and misquoting him, but um, there was some quote that the silence of others is what we'll remember the most, and that, honestly, my my lowest expectation is for someone to come out against this. In fact, um, I won't name her name, even though she'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Someone I really respect and who's mentored to me, um, wrote all of the Campbell County officials, elected officials, um, from city council on asking them to condemn the actions that happened and to recommit to their oath to the U S constitution. And, um, two people respond, responded. The county clerk responded with a firm, yes, I am committed, and I think it was disgusting. He's a Republican. Um, and then I think a couple of liberal um, city council members have responded, but otherwise nobody has. And, I mean, it, it, it's time to call people to account and to recommit to what happened. And But part of that is really being honest about it, and I think that's what we're trying to say is that it was white. It was racism. Yeah. Like, and, and so the silence is going to be louder for me than anything anyone can say, because all the people I know are talking about it and screaming about it, but it's the silence of the Republican party that isn't. And, the, and, and I got to give credit to Mitch McConnell right now. Right. Cause he's not being silent. He's being very firm about this. Um, because I think no matter what we want to say about Mitch McConnell, he still wants democracy to survive. And I'll say that, you know, it's because that's how he makes money. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm not going to give him some altruistic, like, you know, pat on the back here. He can't earn income if he can't like, you know, rape us of our goods and services that no, we provide. You're right. You're right. Um, and, and he did, he did, he had a great <laughs> statement coming out. Also though, in the back of my mind, I'm like, why did he release this? What's his play? Does he want the, uh, the impeachment <laughs> hearings to happen, you know, tomorrow or January 21st, you know, that way, like Biden's agenda doesn't go through like anything he can do to stop Biden from doing anything the first two years he's going to do. Uh, but his statement was fantastic. Well, his statement was very middle ground, but for him, that's fantastic. Well, for him to say anything about it after these four years of Trump yeah. is incredible. I mean, he's been silent. And it, it's, again, I can't say Republicans from themselves. They they have to save themselves from You're this. right. It's incredible how strong and brave they are the day before he gets out of office. Yeah, I know. I, I like the meme that's like, I get it, guys. I've unfastened my seatbelt <laughs> as the plane landed also. Because yes. that is so true. Oh like, it, you know, once it's over, all of a sudden everyone grows a pair. Give me a break. Miss <laughs> like, McCoddle's the senior in high school that skips the day before graduation just to be bald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I gotta give it a try. I mean, you know, I'm gonna give him a little bit more credit. I think it just scared the fucking shit out I of him. Too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I think it was a genuine like, oh, shit, that genie's out of the bottle and I got to do what I got to yeah. do to get it back in because otherwise I won't make as much money. I mean, it definitely so seemed, I'm not <laughs> he never seemed like the biggest fan of Trump, but he definitely was fine going along with him and supporting him for years. And it's Mitch McConnell. I'm sorry. He is more powerful than Trump. Yeah. The day that Trump got inaugurated, he should have pulled his ass in the room and said, you're my bitch. You're going to do what I say, and you're going to do as I say to do. And I'm going to push through a whole bunch of judges, and you shut the fuck up. And it would have worked. Yeah, but if you're like the third or fourth person that's done this to Trump, it doesn't mean as much as when Putin's like, hey, I have this video of you. You know what's funny about all of this, Missy, is I feel like when we're, I don't know, six months, 12 months, 18 months out, that part will be like the least dramatic of what we learned from President Trump's Yeah, years. most people don't even remember it. Our, our president potentially has a sex tape out there where he pays women to pee on a bed that Obama slept on. But we don't even talk about that anymore because another crazy thing has happened every day in a row for the last three and a half years. Yeah, that, I mean, that, oh God, thank God the nightmare's over. Oh, it's not okay, over. Okay, so can we talk it's about, okay, 
it's not well that's what's so scary so today was biden's inauguration and missy and i chose to record today because we didn't know what would happen and given the whole theme is insurrection white supremacy and all the bad things that can happen we waited but the day went pretty smoothly at 8 30 they'll start festivities again and we'll get to watch you know um a virtual inauguration um and it really god the contrast the relief the just the, I, I I know you had to work today, right, Missy? So you didn't get to like fully entrench yourself in what we saw today. That's correct. Yeah, we had it but, on, but like we could listen to it, but that was about it. It was like night and day, and I'm so glad he didn't go. Like this morning, he like ran his mouth about some shit, and I just muted him, and he got on a plane, and it was like. The weight of the world was just lifted in that moment. It was an incredible feeling. And I don't know. How did you feel about Joe Biden in the primary? (laughs) I am definitely, I'm not anti-Joe. Joe Joe is a million times better than Trump. Um, But I do feel like he is way too much. We need to come together. We need to unify and not enough. Um, we need to get shit done. Right. So I, I couldn't vote in the primary because I was still a registered Republican at the time. You know, Boo. political things. But I was definitely more of like Elizabeth Warren supporter. So I felt like she wanted to take that jump to catch us up to the last 10 years. And it was all very database. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I was a big Pete Warren fan. I wanted them to team up and be like, the intelligent brilliant ticket with like youth and wisdom like that was my dream ticket um but what hit me today watching everything was that joe biden was around for the civil rights movement joe biden has seen the pain that our country's gone through joe biden was around for the civil war (laughs) missy That is ages. That's so bitchy. He was the youngest senator in the United States. Give him some. What did you say the last episode? He was really great back in his day. Yeah, he was really great back in his day. He was. It's a really good point. But you know, I watched the whole thing. I watched all the performative shit. Um, and he wasn't my candidate, but it, it occurred to me, and, and progressives aren't going to like this, including yourself, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, what hit me today was just how much is on the line in terms of democracy. Yeah. And watching him up on that stage with George W., which, I mean, that's my activism got started against George W. Bush, right? Yeah. So it's not like... He, he isn't a big influential person in my life. Um, but seeing everyone on that stage, what I saw, unlike I've ever seen before, were patriots. And it gave me some hope that we can unify in a way. Now, I, I want to have this conversation about unity because I think it is so important. And I think that yeah. we have both some opinions about what unifying means. But... Um, what I saw today was decency and compassion. And I started thinking about how Joe Biden was like 12 and he wanted to be president and his lifelong dream was coming true and how he was sworn in at 28 and lost his family a couple days before, but like kept going and how much of a parallel that is for us surviving the Trump generation. And that like, in 2015, when I was like, Trump is going to take over, you know, when I had my last podcast and we would just talk about this constantly, nobody really cared and saw the threat like of Russia and all of those aspects. And I feel like a light bulb went off in 2016 yeah. when he got elected. And I feel like people came in off the bench and we have all of these new people. I feel like my Facebook feed went from a whole bunch of loser high school people that annoyed the fuck out of me. It's like all these badass warriors like you and our social group and all of these people came off the sidelines and realized how hard we had to fight for democracy. So I think that's what I got from today. It was just that Joe Biden really does embody, maybe not on policy where we are today, like our generation is today. Yeah. But he embodies the empathy, compassion, and really the determination and will to roll up our sleeves and get this work done. He does. He does. He is definitely a really great middle-of-the-road president, I feel like. As much as I was not a fan of Hillary, I do feel like she would have been a great president. Um, You know, and I feel the same way about Biden. It's just 
it's also we're dealing with another crazy set of circumstances, which we don't just yep. need a, a steady president. We also have to solve this giant issue of white supremacy that has risen up over the last eight years. I apologize, over the last 12 years since Obama was inaugurated. Um, and I want to make sure that Biden Biden does that. I don't want unity. Like, my response to unity is fuck unity. Um, you know, I, I'm very open about the fact that I was raised in a very abusive household. Uh, my dad beat the shit out of us. After he would beat the shit out of us, my mom would plan family activities so we could bond together as a family so it wouldn't happen again. Uh, maybe like right, trying to build up the good memories yeah. to erase the bad Absolutely. Ones. Like, kids, don't be mad at your dad. Dad, remember that you love your kids. This isn't going to happen again. And maybe instead of a week later, it'd be a month later. But we still got beat the fuck up. Um, so right. unity does not work. It's the language of abusers. I want accountability. I want to see him go after the people that have gotten us to this point. Um, anyone that has acted illegally, and it can't just be Trump, and it can't just be the people that no. invaded the Capitol on, on January 6th. We have to get the people in between. Like, that is the root of the poison. That's what we have to pull out. Right. It's And, and that was the big message of Malcolm X and a lot of the greatest leaders that we've known, which is, it's really the moderates in the middle, middle that aren't willing to take a side yes. that fuck us in this whole in this whole scenario um that is part of the reason you know i, I can't say i necessarily 100 percent agree with Mal malcolm x's methods in life but his message of like being quiet in the middle and acting like this both side shit it has to end at some point and you know i will counter the unity argument in the sense that there's two forms of unity in my opinion there's the unity of like forgive and forget yeah and then there's the unity of like, let's learn from our mistakes and move forward. Right. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that Biden means let's learn from our mistakes and move forward. He did say that it's not within his constitutional realm to, to deal with this, but that he hopes that the people around him and the people with that authority will do that. And that's my hope. Too, definitely right. Sets the um, tone. You know, yeah, it, I mean, he set the tone of, like, we need to hold these people accountable. Um, I don't know if you watched Nancy Pelosi was interviewed um, last night on MSNBC, um, which I rarely watch news, but I totally hacked into my mom's news account or cable account to watch news this last week. Um, but uh, she was interviewed, and she just said, like, no, if we, we have to find these people, get credible evidence, and prosecute them. And we do. There has to be accountability. You know, we see this across all issues in the world. I know, and, and Missy, tell me if you know people like this too. I know rape victims yeah. that seriously just needed an apology from the rapist to move on emotionally and cognitively. And we know trauma affects your brain. And if all that it takes is an apology and accountability to undo that trauma, then that's what we need as a nation to heal. We can't heal without it. See, I would I would have an opposite viewpoint of that right victim may only need those things to move on because they don't expect anything else because our society has let them down for so many decades. Um, and I would like to actually have us show accountability and like prosecute them at a larger level. yeah because right. an apology doesn't stop that person from hurting someone else no it, it really doesn't it doesn't i guess there's i guess it goes down to like how there's multiple levels of accountability right yes. there's one yeah. taking responsibility for it which is a huge step and then two which is the actual accountability of what's the consequences of your actions yeah. right. because i mean i think for anyone that followed the no fly list hashtag last week, it was fucking rewarding as hell, right? Like these people invaded the Capitol, beat police officers with fire extinguishers, ripped down the flag and put a Trump flag in. And then they're like, you're ruining my life because oh my I can't get on a plane. They kicked me off the plane. They called me a fucking terrorist and they want to fucking ruin my life. Oh my God. I mean, seriously, they show up like, like four years ago. They elect our first reality show president. They deny facts. They cry when you make fun of them, and then like they don't want to deal with any any repercussions. They are three year olds, and we are bowing to them. Yeah, yeah, and it needs to end. I think what you said is correct. Like there are different levels to accountability, 
and, and unity also like unity isn't just bringing trump people on board there's a lot of people that voted for biden to get rid of trump that don't like biden and we want to see biden right. act we want to make sure that that he's our dude like i voted for biden i'm not a fan of biden i had to vote for biden because trump's the alternative unify me by holding them accountable well, and I think another form of unity is just unifying on decency, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that was a lot of what we saw here in Kentucky in 2019 and what we're seeing now, which is, come on, there's a lot of white supremacists that suck with Trump, but there's some that deviated because they were just like, it's just too much, right? Yeah. And it goes back to the abusive analogy. I said this from the beginning with Trump. There's only so long you can beat your girlfriend and she can hide it or keep telling her friends about it before she either has to leave you or her friend calls the cops on you, right? Like, like that's kind of how it works out. You just get exhausted from trying to hide the pain. Well, then it just starts the cycle of, of the cops coming and then the cops don't do anything and then they leave and then you beat her again and then the cops come and they leave. Which really happened with Trump, right? We tried to impeach him. We had evidence that he was doing wrong. The Republicans wouldn't grow a backbone and stop it before it got worse. And they, they, they let it get to this issue, which is why at the beginning I said this shouldn't have been shocking to anyone. Yeah. Like the fact that like everyone else is so surprised by this, like it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. It means that you have shitty fucking news sources. Well, it's not just shitty news sources, but it's also, I mean, built in, it's its structural. It's built into our whitewashed history. It's built into our whitewashed idea of thinking. It's built into our lack of, like, critical thinking. It's built in, I mean, it's it's so structural. You know, like, this is kind of off topic, but it fits in this realm of, like, my friend's kid's doing online learning, and they got a question. I got something like this, too. And it was like the Civil War was fought over one um, <laughs> states' rights. Something, yeah. But it ended up being the right answer was states' rights. And I'm like, fuck you! No, yeah. it was not about state rights. That is not what they were talking about. It was about owning humans. Yeah. At the end of the day, like what we saw was white supremacy. You know, I, I've told many people this story. I got an opportunity to see James Comey speak, and he he spoke about how. Every time our country, you know, we kind of were like a roller coaster, right? We, it's a pendulum swinging. And he says, when we get the pendulum over to the right of the, the, the right of justice, right? So civil rights act, for example, it's just like Chernobyl. You take that radiation, you shove it underground and then you like people and their job is to keep all of that radiation from all the progress over the hundreds of years of our, our democracy underground contained and where it won't leak right and then we elect trump and trump's like fuck that let's chernobyl this shit all over again and he just opened up all the canisters of hate and radiation and contaminant and that's what we're, we're suffering and it ended with a fucking insurrection that's where we are it was all based on white supremacy on this idea that the brown and black people are coming to get you they spent all summer burning down federal buildings and fighting the 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 u.s government which is so misplaced but and and that comes back to media right yeah. like we just live in different realities at this point so crimson the one thing i want to do before we get off here is i want to talk about what we're drinking because this has been a stressful fucking month uh inauguration day i'm so glad nothing crazy happened but I was I was not sure what was going to go down, so I did grab a bottle of wine from Crafts and Vines in Covington, uh, greatest wine bar in the world. I went there with you, didn't I? I think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that place was cute. Oh, it's fantastic. That was like back when I used to leave the house. That was so oh fun. Oh my god, those old days, you know? Once the kids talk oh, about That was so 2019. What are you sipping on? I am... So this is kind of funny. So... I have a text group of uh, Fort Thomas, the city I live in, uh, housewives that are quarantined. <laughs> um, so it's basically like a thread of some of the most amazing women I know in my city. And I don't know if any of them are really housewives. I think we just joke about that. Um, but we're all like on lockdown. And so for Christmas, one of them, um, maybe it was for the election. I don't know. Cause she knows I'm political and she helps with politics from time to time, but she brought me a little tiny bottle of champagne and an orange juice to have a mimosa. 
And I never drank it, and I was saving it for this morning, but my kids were little shits, so I didn't get to drink it, so I saved it to be with Missy. So to Chris, well, I won't say her last name, so I don't know if she wants to be associated with me. Thank you. You have fueled my um, happiness of <laughs> Biden's inauguration today. Thank you, Chris, for contributing to this podcast. All right, so we just talked about all this white supremacy shit. Kentucky is fucked. The U.S. is fucked. How do we move forward? So what do we do now? There's only one thing we can do. We have to get well, guns. See, that's a hard question because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's kind of like what I was just saying, what James Comey said. You don't get rid of the radiation. You have to tamp it down, right? And I think it's now more important than ever that we have a zero tolerance policy on racism and anything that even comes close to racism. You know, there's been this talk about, Oh, cancel culture, because this person was at the insurrection. <laughs> they were at a fucking insurrection. Yes. yes. Cancel them, delete them. Re <laughs> yes. And before you delete them, take a screenshot and send it to the FBI. What the fuck? Yes. Yeah. Cancel culture. So, but it goes back to accountability. We can't, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. We all know that. So we need justice. We need accountability for the insurrection that happened. The bigger problem we have here is white supremacy. And that one, I don't know how you take hate out of one's heart. I really don't. Well, I don't think you can take hate out of one's heart. I just think you have to remove people, uh, especially leaders, from promoting the hate. Like speaking as like a queer person, um, you know, like yeah, it, it did not matter. Um, you know, growing up in the early two thousands, uh, you know, two thousand ten, whatever. When I had short hair, I was openly queer. Like my life was hell, and it was so fucking weird that the more public figures, the more celebrities, the more politicians that came on board that said positive things about homosexuals, the easier my life got. This is a great fucking shout out for Biden. Biden was like the fucking, yeah. the top elected official ever to come out in favor of gay marriage. I told he you he was progressive Obama. years and years and years ago. It may have been a couple of decades, but he was fucking progressive. Like, it's crazy, but like, I noticed, I noticed the reaction of people when I would go to like, like Newport on the levee, just like this, like little, like, you know mall with my my wife at the time and hold hands and people got way more fucking relaxed every single time someone major came out in support of it and by like 2011 when obama came out like our lives got significantly better so i think the same is true in reversing it like you need to stop the people at the top from saying that this behavior is okay and the, the more that you roll that back, the more people hide it. It's not that you're going to stop people from being racist. They're always going to be racist. But if they don't feel like they can say it out loud or say it in the middle of Kroger. No, I think that's a great point because I think that, you know, it's been something that's been hard for me because I've always been a loud mouth liberal. Um, I mean, seriously, since I was like 10. I've had these opinions and I've never been quiet. And I remember when the first time I went to my hus now husband's um, family's house, he's like, we don't talk religion and politics. And what's the first fucking thing out of my mouth, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I can avoid religion because I find it boring, but politics, not so much. And this was during George W. Bush and I was fighting against the war. And so it was hard when people were like, oh, what do you do? It was like, well, I'm a college student and I work full time at a law firm and I am an activist against the war in Iraq. Um, so it's always been so much a part of me. I couldn't run away from it. And I was forced to always be open about it. And I was always the person at the dinner table that would tell to shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down, right? Like, you aren't going to come in my house and tell me that homosexuality is online with um, bestiality. You're going to come into my house and tell me skinny jeans of demasculated males and it's all women's fault. Like, none of that shit has ever flown with me and it never will. But it requires all of us to do it. And I think to your point, Messi, about like coming out of the closet as a gay woman, what I'm seeing is a lot of people need to come out of the closet as fucking Democrats. Like now is the time. Now, maybe you don't like, well, it was, I mean, Jamie Harrison will be the new DNC chair. Maybe you don't like Tom Perez. Maybe you don't like AOC. Maybe you don't like certain aspects of the Democratic Party. But the reality is we have a two-party system. We have one party that has allowed insurrection, racism, unchecked authoritarianism, and many other things that are vitally illegal 
given our constitution. You have another party who's been fighting against it. You have to choose sides right now. And if the side is not clear to you and you still want to play in this middle ground, then you need to step the fuck back because your voice is useless. And I don't know what you think you're doing on planet earth while you're here in this short amount of time, because now is the time to stand up. Now is the time to use your voice. I will say that I am not proud to be a Democrat. Um, I am not going to run around and tell everyone that I'm a Democrat. However, I will run around and tell people my fucking values. And I will scream from the goddamn mountaintops that I will vote for these Democrats because they're the the only fucking people that are representing my values. And I wish that there were two parties that represented my values and I could choose between the fiscally conservative one or the other one. Well, I mean, I think that's a very good point. Although I'll challenge you, <laughs> considering no, no. every Democrat has left no, the I presidency with fiscal budgets. Um, it has so switched. It, it has switched. And, that, and that's what I think frustrates me the most when people try to play this both sides argument. It's like, no, there is, there, there is only one side of racism. Yes. You're either racist or you're not. You're either not racist or you don't think racism is a deal breaker. I am on one oh, very I, clear side it, of that That's line. the way that it is now. And it sucks because I would love to see two parties that agree on the same set of facts. And I could choose between two different right. solutions like climate change. Like there, there are multiple ways to take right. care of climate change. I want to go for like, like the most effective and the cheapest one. But that isn't on the table because only one party believes in it and the other party doesn't. And so there's only one fucking option for me. Exactly. I mean, that, and that's a problem on a multitude of issues, right? Like, because one party's living in an alternative yes. reality that really, I mean, and this is the most important point for me, and maybe it's because of the establishment part, but when are Republicans going to start writing legislation for the people? I have watched my entire adult life from George W. Bush until um, Barack Obama all we had were bills that progress the values of the wealthy and the the war propaganda machine. When we got Obama, we finally started talking about the issues like healthcare, student loans, all the things that actually impact people's day-to-day lives. And then we go back to Trump and nothing has happened for four years. They got a tax bailout for the multi-billionaires, but otherwise they no longer legislate. They fought against the ACA. I mean, they called... Hillary Care, the healthcare plan from the Clintons in the 90s, Hillary Care, it's going to be the end of the world, but they still don't have a plan, and it's been three decades. Like, it's the same with COVID. You want to impeach Andy because you don't like his COVID restrictions? Well, tell me what you're going to do to make me safe, because there is no alternatives. The alternative is hate the other person. That's it. That's the only alternative we have right now in the Republican Party. That's very fucking fair. But I do have hope. I think we have a new generation of leadership. We've seen it here in Kentucky with Andy Bashir, a level of vulnerability and acceptance of the reality. We have a new commitment, a, a president that's committed to truth and facts that's always going to be level with us. So we don't have as much misinformation. I mean, just shutting Trump down, shut down almost 75% of the misinformation. Um, we have to get back to all agreeing on the facts and back to the boring debates of like a 2% tax increase here and a 2% tax decrease here and which method of public health insurance matters. Like that's where I want to be. That is completely fucking true and so fair. And I wish that we were all there right now. I do too. Oh God. But we have a lot of work <laughs> so to do. So much work to do. So, much so keep staying tuned because we're going to keep talking about all the work we need to do and the things that we can do to make our state better for everyone. And thank you guys again for listening. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media and stay up to date. And hey, send us a message. You can either direct message us on Twitter or Facebook and let us know if there's certain issues that you want to talk about. Yes, please. Let us know any, any Thanks, questions everyone. you have, any topics you want to cover and smash that like button. Thank you. Peace out. What if rich, white, straight men didn't rule the world? Hey!